Welcome back to Generally Assembled, your favorite Hot Republican podcast. Uh, my name is Jason Gottesman, the uh, lone, I guess you could say, steady host here. And uh, we're, you know, like as we said last time, we're continuing our Jeopardy post Alex Trebek venture through guest co-hosts. And uh, we have uh, today with us Anthony Tezak from the Communications Department. Anthony, I'm Thank saying that right? Yeah, you got it. All Thank right, you. very good. Um, I've always wondered whether I was saying your name right in my head. Always uh, Tezak, yeah. All right, very good. Well, Anthony, why don't you tell folks what you do uh, for, for House Republican Communications? Uh, one of the producers down in our uh, video department put together a lot of the uh, clips that you see on YouTube that the members send out on Twitter. Uh, more or less, if it's a video that uh, is sent to you from your rep, it came from our department. Very good. So as we're, uh, we're looking to get uh, ahead and prepared for our return to session, the last session week before the 2022 midterm elections, oh, a lot floating around out there. A lot floating around. Floating in space, I guess, as you might want to say. You know, Jamiroquai, I might say, it's a strange world we're living in. It's a crazy world we're living in. Virtual insanity. Virtual insanity is what this podcast is. Uh, and it very much is uh, sort of what planning for a legislative session week is like. But look, there's a lot of stuff going out there. Uh, and look, let's go back the last two plus years. And, you know, Anthony, you might remember some of, some of this stuff uh, with at the very beginning of the session, wanting to make Pennsylvania the envy of the East. Absolutely. Um, and envy the East meant and was uh, labeled out there by Majority Leader Benninghoff as a way to really get Pennsylvania's economy moving after COVID. He said, you know, Pennsylvania's the Keystone State. I want us to be the envy of all of the neighboring states and the Eastern Seaboard. Wow, Pennsylvania really has it going on. And I think you're going to see a continuation of that, not only from the successes we've had over the last two years with things like putting families first, uh, parental rights, uh, lowering the CNI, regulatory reform, restoring the people's voice by ensuring that the General Assembly has a say in very important matters, uh, but also things like economic development. So I think, you know, we're looking at ways in which we can use our remaining session days to, to, to finalize some major economic development. Uh, type things that we've been working on here over the last several weeks you know and then there's there's a lot that you know we need to finish up that came over from the senate and we'll come back over um so it's it's kind of a big wrap-up week that we're trying to really put an exclamation point on a lot of the successes we've had uh over the course of the last uh you know really two years here in trying to rebuild from uh and get get through and past the economic consequences uh, of the government and got the governor's decisions really of COVID-19 that really crushed our economy. And we're dealing with a very strange labor market right now. Uh, we're in a recession nationally. And, you know, the economic consequences of what people do or do not do are playing out in real time across the world. The British Prime Minister this morning mm-hmm. uh, yep. resigned uh, as a result of failed fiscal policy there 44 days after Boris Johnson resigned. Yeah, almost a month and a half. Yeah, um, I did see some, minister ever. I, I did see somebody on Twitter today say, "Classic move: get in, kill the queen, get out." Yeah, it's going to be uh, King Charles, what second prime minister in a matter of a month? Yeah. Well, anyway, this this isn't a British podcast. <laughs> um, hey. Although, yeah, we've although we fell do, off a little bit. We do uh, we do say uh, hello to the governor here. Fresh your much. drink, governor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and of course, Larry Krasner keeps continuing to be uh, something that we're looking at. You know, and, and look, 
you know, the guy just makes it easy. <laughs> hey, there's a lot to look at when it comes to Krasner. Yeah, there, 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 there sure is. Uh, none of it good. Uh, just even yesterday, uh, you know, as uh, the, the Inquirer had a great story outlining why one of the Roxborough High School shooters was out on bail after even they were convicted of basically killing somebody else. And it was because the DA's office didn't ask to revoke bail and put them in, in jail, uh, a, quest, a, a, a move that was questioned by former uh, assistant district attorneys and just goes to show you that Krasner's policies on soft on crime uh, have real world consequences. At what point does that become depraved indifference? We're, we, you know, you, oh, we're well past that point. Okay, yeah. Yeah, way past you know what the law is and realizing that. Well, I mean, look, I think I think one of the things that we've said from the beginning is Larry Krasner is not a legislature unto himself. He's not a court unto himself. He's supposed to be enforcing the laws of the Commonwealth. And above all, he took an oath of office, not only to uphold the laws of the Commonwealth in the United States, but to keep the people of Philadelphia safe. He represents the Commonwealth as the chief law enforcement you know, prosecutor in, in Philadelphia. It's not Krasner v. Smith. It's Commonwealth v. Smith uh, when Larry Krasner brings a case. He is a representative of the Commonwealth because the Commonwealth is the one that has the laws. The Commonwealth is the one that is injured by violent crime. The Commonwealth is the one that stands up for victims. And he has woefully fallen short of that. Not not only, it's not like he's giving his best effort. He's giving his best effort to implement a uh, soft on crime, uh, radical criminal justice philosophy that results in people getting out of jail, staying out of jail, and committing more crimes because they know there's no consequences for their actions. You have the police uh, basically saying, we shouldn't be in the position where we're encountering repeat offenders that should be in jail already. Uh, it puts the police in jeopardy, it puts uh, citizens in jeopardy, and it's, it's leading to increased deaths and property crimes. Uh, robberies and violence in Philadelphia to levels that we have never seen before. It feels like we're in some kind of sci-fi dystopian future movie because we've got biker gangs essentially assaulting a group of cops in Center City, Philly. This yeah. is what happens. It's amazing. to And, and also here that, you know, the, the officers aren't always allowed to go after these guys. You know, you can't chase them when they're on, on bikes. So you, they know that there's the opportunity there, but nothing is being done to protect these guys that are supposed to be protect, you know, protecting us. Yeah, and, and on top of that, they, there is sort of a morale issue that they've encountered when, when you do arrest people. Absolutely. Uh, just to see them back out on the street. So why are you going to, uh, you know, when you're looking at something like maybe community policing, why would you go out and make the big step of arresting somebody, which causes, you know, angst and controversy and breaks up families and stuff like that, only to see them back out on the streets? You know, why, why would you go through that? Why would you put yourself in jeopardy? Why would you open yourself up to investigation? It's hard uh, enough to recruit people to become officers, let alone now we're asking them to, you know, more or less do it for free. Well, and not only that, but, but also when... Um, you know, you have a, a district attorney that's not prosecuting people for illegal gun possession. You know, the city is awash in firearms, and that's not just because we're not talking about legal firearms. We're talking about illegal guns that are carried by people who should not have them, who do not face any consequences as a result of their, their illegal possession. You know, petty crimes are, by city council, not something that is prosecuted. You know, the actions of the district attorney have shown that he is not serious about prosecuting crimes that could keep dangerous people uh, off the streets. So, uh, you know, look, Pennsylvania has tough on crime laws. We are a tough on crime state. Philadelphia has them even tougher. I mean, with guns, I mean, you're telling me their extra gun laws are not keeping them safe from shootings? Yeah, and they, they do things, which is funny because uh, Larry Krasner likes to call 
increased penalties for violations of the Uniform Firearms Act, especially with illegal gun possession, obviously racist. Uh, and then he also, when he gets questioned about prosecutions of the violations of the Uniform Firearms Act, says that Philadelphia has a longer sentences. Well, those sentences are longer because the General Assembly provided longer sentences so you could be tough on crime in Philadelphia, which is also something that he said is racist. So he's hiding behind something that he believes is inherently racist and a statute he shouldn't be enforcing to point to to say these sentences are longer, which they should be by law. It's it's circular logic that doesn't make sense. That's what happens when you can't defend the actions that you're taking. And that's what we're seeing in Philadelphia. And that situation, again, it continues to get worse. The The lawlessness and the violence is only increasing, as Chuck was just saying, uh, with uh, with a, a biker gang, uh, these ATVs and, and, and dirt bikes uh, that surrounded a police car uh, with cops inside of it and basically broke all the windows. Wow. You know, we even just passed a new law that allows for the impoundment and uh, uh, destruction of these vehicles. And they're still not deterred because they know that nobody will actually take the action to enforce the laws that the General Assembly passes. Not only do they not enforce them, they then go out and tell people that they are not going to enforce them. Yeah. Uh, Larry Krasner's criminal justice philosophy is an advertisement for lawlessness. And it's really done a number on the, the city of Philadelphia and the Commonwealth in general. You mentioned, too, that, you know, in regards to prosecution, uh, something's racist, so he will not prosecute it. The problem is, is it, you know, it's the position of the district attorney of Philadelphia. It's not about Larry Krasner. The, the position is going to be, was there before him? The position is going to be there well after he's gone, which is why, as you said, it's the Pennsylvania laws that need to be, you know, followed. And, and, and Yeah, he, he, he is part of law enforcement. Yeah, law enforcement. enforcement enforcing the laws. Our you laws. Know, yeah, the, the laws of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. The laws that were passed by legislatures and governors of both parties to make us safe, to make us a tough on crime state. Um, and, you know, so that's something that, that continues to be looked at and examined and, and, and thought over. So uh, the issue of violent crime in the city of Philadelphia has been unchecked. And the statistics point to Larry Krasner as being at fault. And um, that is and his criminal justice philosophy at fault. There's a lot of to question about his philosophy as well when it comes to it seems like he seems to be able to dictate terms wherever he goes well i'm not going to follow this law i'm not going to listen to the committee that is designed to investigate what's going on here i'm just i'm going to dictate terms earlier this week he says i, I, I yeah i'll testify but only in under certain terms that i dictate it it seems like he thinks he is above the law in all circumstances. Right. That, that goes back to, to Larry Krasner not being a legislature unto himself. He's not a court unto himself. Yeah, he seemed forgotten that and seems, too, that, you know, the administration has forgotten that for a long time. I mean, that you could just look at day one of this current legislative session over in the Senate where it was lieutenant governor that was doing what he thought was right by trying to seat Senator Brewster. Yep, that's absolutely true. And a governor who shut us down unilaterally, mask mandates, education, the whole thing where we as a legislature have had to step up and reassert our authority as the people's voice and we've done that successfully over the last two years and there's nothing wrong with that i mean i know i you know i noticed you know you look at the news you read some of the reports you hear it listen to the democrats and it's talked like that's a bad thing but it's not because it's the republicans that are trying to follow the constitution whereas it's the democrats that are trying to find every way to sidestep it when it's beneficial to them well, anthony i've always i've always come to learn that 
when it comes to the left, the Constitution means nothing compared to thoughts and feelings. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed that too recently. Science also goes out the window too. It's not just well, Constitution. Well, I guess it depends on who you're talking about because if you're talking about uh, science when it comes to COVID, they call you a COVID denier and that you want to kill people. Or science as Anthony Fauci because he is science. Yeah. Or science as in your birth certificate says you're a boy, but you choose to participate in female sports. That's also true. Um, it's frighteningly true. Um, Any good sci-fi movies? Well, you see my movie recommendations every oh, I day. Have. Yeah, I, I mean, have. look, I have not seen the, the as, any either of the Cloverfields though. Yeah, hey, look, as we're wrapping up, look, there's three Cloverfield movies, and to preview my movie recommendation for tomorrow, there's going to be a fourth one coming out. Oh my lord! Oh yes. So, but I can't, I can't describe to you how one time I got very deep into the Cloverfield universe building, and it is wild. You you spend some time later today, not on taxpayer resources or time, and just get involved in finding out all of the very interesting little quirks about there are like Cloverfield super fans out there wow. uh, that will literally go around like apparently one of one of the things that they did and I might be getting the details of this somewhat wrong but it involved finding a payphone that had a number in it that you would call and it would be John Goodman's answering machine from 10 Cloverfield Lane and John Goodman played the character. So, like, people would go and, like, find this payphone, and you would call, and then that would give you another clue to find out something else about the Cloverfield universe. That's amazing dedication it's, right there. It's, it's, it is, th this stuff is absolutely wild. I thought you were deep into the Star Wars universe, and this doesn't even, that I mean, doesn't even touch this. I mean, look, there's, if you want to know about, look, I think the st Star Wars has done an incredible job in universe building. Uh, there's so oh, yeah. much area in which you can wiggle around in there. Uh, but there's other really crazy universes out there. Not only the Cloverfield one, but there's also uh, Alien. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. But, but you know, there's a huge controversy over what is canon and what is not canon in the Alien uh, world. Everybody's pretty much agreed that Alien, Aliens, Prometheus, and Alien Covenant are for sure canon. Right. Uh, everybody's also similarly agreed that Alien versus Predator... Alien versus Predator Redux, those are not canon. Now, there's like Alien 3 or Alien Resurrection. Yeah, Alien um, 3 yeah. was just bad. Well, but but, well, so, but, but if you actually if you actually two. go buy the Alien box sets, you get Alien, Aliens, Aliens 3. And what about Alien Resurrection? The, well, but nobody knows. So, like, you see, you know, I, I thought that was a much better movie than Alien. Well, 3. but Alien Resurrection, a lot of people wanted to be canonical because. And in Alien Resurrection, they actually go back to Earth, and it's completely destroyed. And you also hear that Earth was destroyed by a plague. You also hear uh, conflicting reports in the Alien canon about aliens themselves, uh, as was hinted at in Prometheus and Alien Covenant. Basically uh, seeding the planet in the first place. Well, no, but you, you find out that, that, so in Alien Covenant, you find out that the, the, uh, the architects, as they called them, built the aliens as a superweapon. Right, um, and that they—that's what they un unleash on on Earth. So, uh, and that actually does end up happening. So, uh, there's a and there's a lot still, of like, and, and all of them teach you you just can't trust androids. Uh, well, some of the alien movies end up. There's, the there's only one good android in the alien movies, and that's in Aliens. Yeah, and that's Bishop. Yeah, and the rest of them are all psychopaths. Uh, yes. Um, it's amazing to me the people that write there. You know that, that, that 
over 30 years or however long it's been that you're, you're able to piece all this together. I mean, to think that far, that's impressive. I am fascinated by the ongoing debate and the passion which people bring to the table on this. Now, look, I think Prometheus and Alien Covenant were excellent movies. Um, Alien, uh, great movie. Aliens, Aliens awesome tremendous. Movie. Yeah, yeah, tremendous. Um, they are just great sci-fi movies. So who, who decides what is canon? No, nobody decides. So, do, so it's just a constant well, well, so like, debate. But so like, look, look. If you take Star Wars for instance, excuse me, take Star Wars for instance. Uh, Disney decided what was canon. Now the problem with Alien, the Alien universe, is that it's it's over multiple companies now. and directors and things uh, like that. Correct. Yeah, it but does uh, make I, it. All I have difficult. a proposal here, and I think we should say Sigourney Weaver gets to decide. Well, but Sigourney Weaver, as as, as the main Ripley. character, yeah, as Ripley, is is impossibly some non-canonical movies. So you can't. It's almost like Halloween. Well, I, I'm saying have, the character is just that awesome that Ellen Ripley gets to decide. If if Sigourney Weaver says it's in, it's in, and if she says it's out, it's out. Well, look, there there have been folks who have uh, proffered this Sigourney Weaver, uh, you know, theory before. Uh, you know, look. Again, I have no strong feelings on it either way. I think the debate itself is fascinating. Well, uh, we've talked about this enough. <laughs> game over, man. It's game over. We better get back because it will be dark soon, and they mostly come at night. Mostly. Folks, that's generally assembled for the week. You can find this podcast where all of your favorite podcasts are found, www.pahousegop.com. Also available on uh, Google, Spotify, Apple, uh, and wherever your favorite podcasts are found, except the places where they're not. That's, I guess that's it for the week for Chuck, our producer. Anthony Tzak, thank you so much for joining us uh, this week. Hey, thanks for having me. And Representative Grove, if things don't work out here, I am available. With your last out, breath, Anders. With your last breath, you stab at the... Uh, all right, I'm Jason Gottesman. That's generally similar for the week. Thank you.